0: So, Akrura went to a Vrindavan. Akrura was sent by Kamsa to go to Vrindavan and bring Krishna. So this morning we are discussing about how Krishna from Jamuna went back to Vrindavan and Vasudeva Krishna came onto the chariot. Anyway, let's not go into all those details. Let's just flow with Krishna's pastimes. Krishna came to Mathura and Akrura wanted him to come to his house. But Krishna told him that, no, I will go to your house after I have fulfilled my mission. Not now. Now that I have come here with a purpose, I should fulfill that purpose first. And this way Krishna then went and met Nanda Maharaj and other cowherd people, those who already arrived. Now the question arises, Krishna was coming in a chariot driven by Akrura and cowherd people came in bullock carts. So how come they came, they reached earlier? The answer to that is the Nandu Maharaj and other cowherd people, they knew a shortcut to Mathura through the forest path. Whereas Akrura had to drive the chariot through the royal road Rajpath (laughs) so it took him longer so they all were there Nanda Maharaj and other elderly cowherd people they brought all kinds of milk products and wealth uh, there in order to pay their tax to Kamsa and it was a big festival so so many people came, so there was no need for arranging for their prashad and things, so they brought a whole lot of milk products. And so Krishna came, he took his bath, he took his lunch, uh, and then towards the evening Krishna decided to go sightseeing. So they wanted to go to the city of Mathura. So all the cowherd boys, uh, along with Krishna and Balaram, also uh, followed along, Krishna. All the cowherd boys followed Krishna and Balaram. And they were apparently their village boys. Uh, they were very excited to see the city. And there's a beautiful description in Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, mind you, which was written 5000 years ago. Uh, and the description of the city of Mathura uh, outshines the biggest uh, city of today's world. Uh, it's a beautiful palaces made of um, marble and onyx studded with gems, like diamonds, ruby, sapphire, and they were beautifully uh, carved. Uh, and the roads were wide, so wide that few elephants could pass, uh, striding uh, side by side. So you can well really imagine, say, each elephant to its cover about ten feet at least. Uh, so f- uh, consider ten elephants would make the road and they these elephants would march down the road. Uh, so that makes it at least hundred feet wide each side. And in between the two roads, uh, it's a two-way traffic. There were gardens. And on the side of the roads also, there are flowering gardens. And the chariots were driving through the roads and people in horseback and elephants, they were striding along. So Krishna was very uh, happy to see, but more happy were the citizens of Mathura to see Krishna. They heard so much about Krishna. And most of them actually knew by that time that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So if you get the news that the Supreme Personality of Godhead has come, how will you feel? How will you respond? Uh? So that's exactly what happened. Uh, People came uh, to see Krishna on the streets. They were standing there. Uh, the ladies uh, were standing by the window and the balconies and rooftops and they were watching Krishna and Balaram surrounded by the cowhead boys. And it has been described that through their eyes uh, they took Krishna into their hearts. And in their hearts they embraced Krishna. And just by embracing, while they are embracing Krishna, they all were feeling, feeling ecstatic symptoms. Their hair stood on end, some of them even fainted. And this is how one feels when one sees the Supreme Personality of God. Then Krishna saw that one washerman was carrying the bundles of cloth, clothes for Kamsa along with his assistants. So Krishna told the washerman that, see, tomorrow we are going to the palace, we are invited guests. So we need some nice dresses. So will you please give us some clothes? The washerman became very upset. He said, you village boys, you roam in the forests and mountains and you dare to wear the clothes of the king, clothes of the king. If the king f- finds out, then he'll arrest you and kill you. And in this way, he started to chastise Krishna. So Krishna didn't do anything. He just touched him with his finger. And his head was severed from his body. And seeing that, all the other assistants, the washermen's assistants, they ran for their life, leaving the bundles of clothes there. Then Krishna opened that, selected some nice clothes for himself and Balaram, and put that on. (laughs) And all the other coward boys also, they put on and the rest of the clothes they just left there and they uh, joyfully started to follow Krishna. Then on the way, uh, they uh, they came across one weaver. And the weaver, was so happy to see Krishna that he took out his clothes that he freshly oven for the king and he started to decorate Krishna, Balaram and other cowherd boys. So being pleased with the cowherd, that person, Krishna blessed him that uh, you are I am so pleased with you that in your next life you will become elevated to the spiritual sky where you will become my associate having the same form as me. And in this life also you will enjoy the opulence, strength, wisdom and fame that is inconceivable. So this is the benefit of pleasing Krishna. When you please Krishna, when, it, when Krishna becomes pleased with our service, then Krishna blesses us in such a way that we enjoy in this life and in our next life we get inconceivable spiritual benefits. so isn't it a good idea to become a devotee of Krishna and render service so and then Krishna went to the house of Sudama the flower garland maker and Sudama immediately offered obeisances to Krishna and selected the best garlands and offered that to Krishna Krishna also blessed him with equal benediction. Then Krishna noticed that one hunchback lady, hunchback woman was taking some sandalwood paste and perfumes. So Krishna asked, Oh beautiful one, (laughs) where are you going and what are you carrying? she was a little upset do you really have to make fun of my ugly feature anyway uh, I am carrying the sandalwood paste to decorate Kamsa but you are so handsome that just by seeing you I have fallen in love with you (laughs) don't laugh that's what will happen to you also (laughs) 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 When you see Krishna, that's where Krishna is all attractive. Anyone who sees Krishna, uh, help but fall in love with him. Mm -hmm. So, so she decorated Krishna, very beautifully, with uh, sandalwood pest. And then Krishna wanted to reward her for her service. So she was a hunchback woman. So there was a big hump on her back and she was bending down. Kupja, hunchback. Her name was Tri Bhakra, bent in three places and so Krishna placed his feet on her toes and then he placed his arm and fingers of two arms under her chin and Krishna gave a charge <laughs> and her body became straight <laughs> and not only that she became one of the most beautiful women. Mm. So, another example of uh, what an inconceivable benefit one can derive just by pleasing Krishna, serving Krishna. Then, Krishna asked some people there We heard that there is going to be a Dhanur Jagya, a sacrifice. Of a bow so can you please tell us where that is where is that going to where that is going to be so some people said yes it is going to be there so Krishna just went there and the Brahmanas were preparing for the Jagya and the soldiers were guarding that bow and big festival was going to take place the next day So, the place was naturally guarded. But Krishna just walked through the guards. The guards tried to stop. Krishna didn't pay any heed. He walked straight up to the bow. This was a very special bow which was given by Lord Shiva to Kamsa. And when Lord Shiva gave that bow to Kamsa, He told that anyone who will break the, the one who will break the bow will kill you. So that was an indication in a way when Kamsa was going to die. Uh, And Kamsa was quite confident that who will ever lift Lord Shiva's bow. Uh, Just like uh, Lord Shiva's bow was there, there in the palace of Janakraj, King Janak and Janakraj made a condition that anyone who would be able to string that bow uh, would be given Sita to. Sita will be given to him. So, (coughs) this was another such bow given by Lord Shiva. No one could string that. So, who can string that bow? Either Lord Shiva or someone superior to Lord Shiva. So Krishna went to that arena and the guards tried to stop but they would not pay any heed to the guards. Krishna and Balaram went there surrounded by the cowherd boys. Krishna walked straight up to the bow and casually with his left hand he lifted the bow. Everyone was awestruck to see that. And the cowherd boy started to jump in ecstasy. (laughs) Jai Krishna Balaram, Jai Krishna Balaram. And in a flash of a moment, Krishna strung the bow and pulled the string. And as he pulled the string, the bow broke. In the meantime, all these soldiers who were guarding became very upset so they came to attack Krishna with their weapons raised. But Krishna and Balaram too took those two halves of the bow and just with those two halves of the bow they killed all the soldiers. In the meantime that created such a sound as if mm, it sounded like thousands of thunderbolt actually cracked at the same time and the earth started to shake as if there was an earthquake. Kamsa inquired what happened what happened and Kamsa was reported that Krishna broke the bow so Kamsa then said he sent his army to kill Krishna in Bala So one contingent of army came but Krishna and Balaram, just with this (laughs) broken bow, they (laughs) annihilated all of them. And then they walked back to the place where other cowherd people were and they all narrated what happened. Nanda Maharaj was in great anxiety. What will happen now? The king will get upset and in the meantime, Krishna, Kamsa could not sleep the whole night. Uh, and whenever he fell asleep, he didn't fall asleep. He was having worst nightmares. Anyway, this is how the night was spent. The next morning, Kamsa went and to supervise all the arrangements. So, in one hand, he made all the arrangements to kill Krishna and at the same time, he was afraid that maybe now his time has come Mm -hmm. because all the signs are there. Remember what Lord Shiva said? Mm -hmm. Who will break the bow will kill him. So, now Krishna broke the bow. He knew Lord Shiva's words won't go in vain. So <clears throat> then he just uh, in, in spite of his anxiety he was making all the arrangements. And in the meantime Krishna Valaram also along with the cowherd boys uh, in the morning after taking the bath and having the breakfast. Uh, he had yogurt and chipped rice for breakfast with banana <laughs> and brown sugar. and so Krishna then came to the palace gate but on the palace gate one huge gigantic elephant was blocking the way so Krishna told the uh, elephant driver move out let me go in but elephant driver did not budge Rather, he uh, goaded the elephant to charge. So, elephant charged towards Krishna and Krishna played with the elephant for a while. At one time, Krishna just went under the elephant's belly. It was a huge elephant. And the elephant started to circle around, not finding Krishna. Then Krishna came out. Uh, and he pulled the elephant by its tail and the elephant slipped now mind you this elephant had the strength of 10,000 wild elephants it was not just an ordinary elephant an elephant with 10,000 elephant strength and Krishna was playing like this is how he used to play also as a child Uh, you remember pulling the tail of the calves and then he would hold on to the tail and the calf would run and Krishna would uh, slide along <laughs> the ground. That was Krishna's way of skiing. <laughs> 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 <And clears throat> so this uh, elephant, then at one time, Krishna just laid on the ground. And the elephant came to gore Krishna. And Krishna just moved aside and the elephant just struck the ground with full strength and it was solid ground and elephant was hurt. Then finally, when the elephant was completely frustrated, couldn't really deal with Krishna, then the elephant driver goaded the elephant and being charged in this way, the elephant attacked Krishna. At that time, Krishna just got hold of the elephant's tusk and he pulled and the elephant slipped and then Krishna pulled out the tusk out of the elephant's body and but with the task Krishna beat the elephant to death and the elephant driver. Then Krishna took one task and Balaram took one task. With a task, carrying those two tasks as a trophy, uh, Krishna and Balaram walked into the palace arena, and <clears throat> they were, they, was, they were decorated with sandalwood paste beautifully, uh, as you saw in the temple. Uh, Krishna's face is decorated with sandalwood paste, but also uh, the blood of the elephant. Uh, the blood also was staining Krishna's head, mouth, and body, face and body. So it made look Krishna very, very handsome and beautiful. So he walked in there with the trophy, and so he came to the wrestling arena where they were supposed to wrestle, and there was Kamsa's wrestlers were standing there, Chanur and Mushtika. They are two giants. So Chanur addressed Krishna that pleasing the king is the duty of the citizen. The king heard that you all are very expert in wrestling. So he wanted to see, he heard that you are expert wrestler. So now the king wants to personally see your performance so that's why you have been invited here yeah. so try to please the king and then Krishna said well wrestling match generally takes place between the equal now what kind of match is this you're a giant and we're little, little boys They said oh you are not little boys like, what the way you have been acting? <laughs> it doesn't look like the acts of a little boy. Uh, you must be something very special. Just before coming here, you killed Kubalaya Pira, An elephant that nobody could actually deal with. So, <clears throat> in this way they addressed. Uh, then Krishna, Chanu told Krishna, I will fight with you and Mushtik will fight with Balaram. So in this way they got into the wrestling bout and you can well imagine what kind of wrestling took place. A terrible fight ensued between two of them, Krishna and Chanur and Balaram and Mushtik. And then finally Krishna smashed Chanur on the ground, lifted him up smashed him and before doing that he made him swing overhead for a while so my Chanura was already feeling when somebody twists you like that you start feeling dizzy Uh, and then Krishna smashed him on the ground and he was dead same way Balaram killed Mushtika then Chanura and Mushtika's brothers uh, came out and attacked they also were killed other wrestlers came out they also were killed Mm. see although they are seeing that uh, others are like all the big big wrestlers are killed by Krishna but they still oppose Krishna that is the demoniac mentality the demons are so proud that they think that they are the best and that's why they did not hesitate to deal with krishna although they saw that how the other big big wrestlers have been killed so anyway uh, krishna killed all of them then (coughs) kamsa started to shout from he was standing he was sitting on a elevated platform from there he started to shout arrest him drive him out of this country Drive him out of my kingdom. And kill Ugrasen. Uh, although Ugrasen was Kamsa's father, uh, he is ordering to kill Ugrasen and Vasudev. Because they are supporting Krishna. So then, uh, at that time, Krishna asked Balaram, Balaram, what should I do? and finish the job <laughs> so then Krishna immediately jumped onto that elevated platform high platform where Kamsa was watching seeing that Krishna is coming Kamsa pulled out his sword and shield in order to uh, attack Krishna but although he had sword and sh- in his hand Krishna did not uh, hesitate. Krishna charged towards him and slapped him. And just one slap Kamsa's crown went flying and he started to feel dizzy. And his hair, long hair became exposed. So Krishna grabbed him by his hair and dragged him just as a lion uh, drags a dead animal that he killed. Dragged him and jumped from there to the wrestling arena holding on to Kamsa. And then as they fell Krishna just jumped up on sat on Kamsa's chest and he started to hit him. Just by hitting him with bare hands, Krishna killed Kamsa. Then Kamsa had eight brothers, they came out to take revenge. Krishna killed them also. And in this way, Kamsa was killed and then Krishna went to the prison house. Ugrasen was imprisoned. So Krishna released Ugrasen. Then Krishna released his father. And his mother was so happy to see. Like right after childbirth, right after Krishna's birth, Krishna was taken away from her. And now, after such a long time, she is seeing Krishna. So she sat Krishna on her lap and milk was flowing from her breast due to her affection for her son and <clears throat> so then Krishna coronated Ugrasen as the king Ugrasen told him that I am old and now that you have killed Kamsa Kamsa's friends and associates will attack and I am not able to, I won't be able to deal with that. So you become the king. But Krishna declined. Krishna didn't want to become the king. So <coughs> in this way, uh, Kamsa uh, Ugrasen now became the king. Then Krishna's upanayan was conducted. Gargamuni performed Krishna's sacred thread ceremony. Their Kshatriyas, uh, so at certain age the Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, they have their sacred thread ceremony. So <clears throat> after the sacred thread ceremony Krishna and Balaram decided that they would go to Sandipani Muni's ashram to study. So Bosudeva and Devaki were reluctant. They said, no, 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 you came, we got you after such a long time, we are not going to let you go. But Krishna reasoned with them, that look, mm-hmm. we have just, we, we are grown up in Vrindavan tending cows from morning till night. We did not have any education, so we need to start, we need to be educated, otherwise what will people say? So in this way Krishna insisted that he would go to Avanti in the ashram of Sandipani Muni. Now how many of you know where well Avanti? Uh, yes, Avanti is now known as Ujjain. So Krishna went there in Sandipani Muni's ashram. Sandipani Muni's ashram is still there in Ujjayi. That location is still there. So he came to Sandipani Muni's ashram and he studied there for 64 days. He stayed there for 64 days and in these 64 days, he mastered 64 subjects, 64 arts. It took him just one day uh, to master one art. Sandipani Muni was awestruck seeing how brilliant this boy is. So, Sandipani Muni wanted to find out who is this boy. So, he made some astrological calculation. And what was the la- result of that astrological calculation? That this Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God here. So, <coughs> In this way, Sandipuni rec- Muni recognized Krishna's identity and Balaram's identity. So, after completing their studies, when Krishna after 64 days, after completing the studies, Krishna was about to leave, it is the custom in the Vedic culture that when somebody teaches, one must give him Dakshina. It was mainly this custom was there because the brahmanas occupation was only to educate children. Educate, pathan, pathan. Mm -hmm. So, educating, impart knowledge, educate. Mm -hmm. Now, but the brahmanas would not go out and earn money. So, how the brahmanas would maintain themselves? Because those who came for education, they would give him Dakshina. Like, uh, so, when Krishna wanted to give Dakshina, Sandipani Muni said that, Look, I have got the greatest Dakshina, greatest uh, achievement, greatest reward just that you came and I had the opportunity to educate you. But you may ask my wife. I don't need anything from you. I'm just happy getting you as my student. But you can ask my wife if she wants something. So Krishna and Balaram went and when she heard that Krishna is going to leave she was very heartbroken. She started to cry saying that I forgot the loss of my child because of you. Sandipani Muni had a son who was drowned in the ocean. So naturally the mother was very sad. But she said that because of having you in our house, treating you as one of my uh, children, uh, I forgot all that uh, painful experience. But now that you are leaving, uh, you can well imagine what will be my condition. Then Krishna said, okay, then I will bring back your dead son and then I'll go. You're missing your son that's why uh, you are not letting me go so I'll bring back your dead son. So Krishna and Balaram then went to the ocean and called the ocean god. Where is the son of Sandipanamuni? How dare you take him away? The ocean with folded hand said no 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 I didn't take him." Actually, there was a demon called Panchajanya. He actually uh, stole Krishna, this boy. So now this Panchajanya is staying under the ocean in the form of a conch shell. So Krishna and Balaram immediately went to that region below the ocean and there all he met Panchu Janna. seeing a punchujan was very very upset so he attacked krishna but krishna fought with him and killed him so <clears throat> but in his belly that boy couldn't be found so then Krishna went to Jamalaya, Jamaraja's abode. Jamraj was very pleased to see Krishna because Jamraj is one of the Mahajans. So Jamraj was pleased to see Krishna. If you see Jamaraja, how will you feel? <laughs> I am sure he will feel very happy that you got the darshan of a Mahajan. And what will you say? what will you do pay obeisances and beg him to tell you about Krishna give me some Krishna bhakti so we have to remember Jamraj is a devotee of Krishna therefore we are not afraid if we have to go to Jamraj even if Jamadutas come to take us we will say good See the Jamadutas come with a whip. And they use the whip because generally people don't want to leave their body and go. Therefore they beat it. But people are so attached to their body they don't want to leave their body. They want to go. That's why in the Vedic culture the system is to burn the body. Uh, Because when the body is not there the chance of remaining attached to the body also will not be there so <clears throat> but uh, so that's why uh, jamraj jamraj's dutas jama dutas they carry the whip and they carry a noose also they tie the noose around the neck and drag him pull him and when he doesn't want to go he want to stay there no no i don't want to go i don't want to go then they Lash him with the okay. Now even if Jamraj comes, Jamadutas come to take us to Jamalaya. Uh, did you ever consider what, will, what kind of reaction you will have? What will you do? No? Okay. Remember that. It will be very important just in case. <laughs> <laughs> By seeing the Jamandutas, you should feel happy. Uh, So, you have come to take us to Jamraj. Finally, I'll get the darshan of one of the mahajans. How will you feel if you get to see Rupa Goswami? How will you feel if you get to see Prahlad Maharaj? Uh, How will you feel if you get to see Vasudeva? How will you feel if you get to see Jamraj? so then do you think the Jamadutas have to uh, use the nose and the whip? Uh, when you say, oh, Bansha the Jamadutas will say, no, no, not for me, not me. This is meant for my master. All this Bansha Kalpataru is meant for me. <laughs> my master. And then <coughs> the Jamadutas will... Uh, so please come, please come. So they'll escort you with great respect. They'll they may even ask to ask the jambudvaita assistants there to send a chariot to carry you. So that is the advantage of becoming a devotee. Even the Jamalaya is not a frightful place. Anyway, so then Krishna went to Jamalaya. And seeing Krishna, Jamraj immediately came, fell at his feet. Oh, I'm so fortunate that finally I got to see you. I heard that you're performing your pastimes in the earth planet now. But I couldn't leave my duty and go there. (laughs) Otherwise, I would have gone there a long time ago to get your darshan. Then Krishna asked, you see Sandipani Muni's son, was drowned in the ocean do you know where he is so jamraj called chitra gupta who is chitra gupta chitra gupta is jamraj's secretary and he keeps the record of everyone's good action and bad action for jamraj to judge so chitra gupta search the notebook and or computer maybe (laughs) and then he said that boy has taken birth already somewhere. Krishna said bring him back. So that soul was brought back and was given similar identical body when he left, when he died, being drowned in the ocean. And he got that body exactly the way he was, 16 years old, when he died he was 16 years old. So he got a 16 year old body and he was taken to Sandipani Muni and his wife. And they were so happy to get their dead son back. So this is another example, Uh, when Krishna is pleased, what can Krishna do? Okay. So then uh, Krishna went back to Mathura. Now in the meantime, uh, Kamsa's two wives uh, who became widowed, they went to their father. His name is Jarasandha, another very, very powerful demon. So, <coughs> they went and reported to Jarasandha how Krishna killed Kamsa. Now, Jarasandha when he heard that Krishna killed his son-in-law, Jarasandha was very upset. And he said, I must take revenge. And I must kill all the members of the Yadu family. I will wipe out the Yadu family. And uh, taking that vow, Jarasandha collected 23 Akshavini soldiers. Mind you, Bhagavad Gita, Kurukshetra, Battle of Kurukshetra was fought with 8 Akshavini in total. Kauravas had 10 Akshavini, Durjadhan, Side had 10 Akshavini, and Pandavas side had seven Akshavini. So eighteen Akshahini soldiers they had. But Jarasandar took twenty three Akshahini soldiers and took him to I mean and attacked Mathura. So Mathura is attacked. Krishna Bhadaram got the news. So Krishna then decided, okay. There was hardly any army left because all were Kamsa's followers Uh, so they all left so there was no army at all practically so just a small little army uh, with that Uh, Krishna confronted Jarasandha in the meantime from the heavenly planet a chariot came driven by four horses Krishna's horses. Two chariots came, one for Krishna, one for Balaram. And the chariot was filled with different types of weapons and arrows. So then Krishna went to confront with Jarasandha. Just Krishna and Balaram with a small little army wiped out the twenty-three Akshohini soldiers. How is it possible? Can Krishna do anything? Yeah. So 23 Akshahini means, let me calculate, just somebody asked, the other they asked, what is an Akshahini? Akshahini is something like uh, roughly about sixty-three thousand horses, sixty-three thousand chariots. Mm-hmm multiplied that by three times is the number of cavalry the horse and multiplied by four times in the multiplied by five times is the number of foot soldiers, infantry. So <coughs> you can well imagine it's something like 63,000 multiplied by 10, 630,000 combined. Chariots, horses, elephants, and cavalry and foot soldiers. Because together it comes ten. One Cavalry, one elephant, one horse, two. Three times, No, one elephant, one chariot. Three times cavalry. So that makes it five. And five times infantry. Ten. So with that, so He attacked with such a huge army and they all were killed by Krishna. 23 multiplied by uh, 630,000. Only one left was Jarasandha. Without any uh, chariot, without any weapon, uh, even his dress was cut off. He was standing there. Balaram tied him up with a snake rope. And Balaram was about to kill him. But Krishna says, no, don't kill him. His time hasn't come as yet. Meaning, actually Jarasandha was Krishna's recruiting agent. Krishna came to kill the demons. And Jarasandha was collecting all the demons bringing them to Krishna for Krishna to them, And you know how many times Jarasandha brought huh? 23 Akshavini soldiers each time? 17 times. And when it was the 18th time, Jarasandha wanted to make a truce with Kala Javan. Kala Javan was a Javana king. Who had one million soldiers, very powerful, practically invincible. So Kamsa sent—I am sorry—Jara Sandha sent his messenger to Kalajavana, proposing that let us jointly attack Mathura. Kalajavana's reply was that. I don't need to attack anybody jointly I don't want to to attack anybody I don't have to join anybody so you take care of your business if you can't then go and surrender to him <laughs> so <clears throat> and then come uh, uh, Narad Muni came to Kaljava and told him that look this Krishna is extremely powerful. You are uh, feeling restless that you don't have proper opponent to fight with. But I tell you this, Krishna is the real match for you. And so Kaljavan said, "How how, how does he look like?" And Narad Muni gave the description. So then kalajavana decided to attack Mathura because Narad Muni told that Mathura is very powerful due to Krishna Balaram. And in the meantime Jarasandha is also coming to attack Mathura. So Krishna and Balaram considered, Krishna told Balaram, Balaram, these enemies are coming from two sides, so how are you going to deal with them? So they made some plans. And this plan was so wonderful. One thing is Krishna could not kill Kalajavan himself. Therefore Krishna made a trick. Kalajavan came and seized the city with his soldiers, with his army. So Krishna came out of the city gate alone. No weapon in hand. And s- just seeing him, Kalajavana recognized that this is the Krishna. This is Krishna. The one Narad Muni had described because it fits right into his description. So, uh, so he was ready. Uh, okay, he's coming, so we'll fight. And because Krishna did not have any weapon in hand, Kalajavana also didn't take any weapon. He dropped his weapon. So this is the, uh, the noble nature of the warriors of that time. If the enemy did not have weapon, he wouldn't attack him with any weapon. He would attack barefaced. Bare so Krishna came, Kalejavan was waiting, okay, and when he comes, I will get into a fight with him. But what Krishna did, came and he started to walk away from him. So Kalijavana thought, oh, by coming near me, probably just seeing me, he became afraid. So he's running away. So he gave him a chase. But although Krishna was just walking casually, Kalijavana, uh, running with full speed, couldn't catch him. It seemed he was just about to catch him, but he couldn't catch him. So in this way, Krishna just walking, Kalijavana running after him with full strength. And then Krishna just walked into a cave in a mountain. So Kalijavana thought that now he has become afraid, uh, being uh, tired. Now he is hiding in a cave, okay? So Kalijavana entered into the cave. And he, in the darkness, he saw that someone was sleeping, someone was lying down. So he thought it was Krishna. So he kicked him, you coward! Uh now you are pretending as if you are sleeping, (laughs) but that was a king called Muchukunda. Uh Muchukunda was a king in the Ikshagu dynasty. He was so powerful that the demigods, when they were fighting with the demons, asked for his help and for a long time Muchukunda fought with the demons. And then uh, finally Kartikeya was born of Lord Shiva and Parvati. And Kartikeya assumed the responsibility of the general of the demigods army. So the demigods told him, for a long time you fought with us, fought for us. We are very pleased with you. So, Muchukunda, you ask for some boon, whatever you want. We are prepared to give you. But Muchukunda said, You see, I am so tired. (coughs) All I want is to sleep. All I want is uninterrupted sleep. And anyone who would wake me up, just by my glance, he will be burnt to ashes. So Krishna knew that. Krishna knows everything. Maybe this was also Krishna's arrangement already. He placed Muchukunda there. (laughs) And then, when Kalajavana kicked Muchukunda, woke him up, Muchukunda just looked at him and Kalajavana was burnt to ashes. So, in the meantime, Jarasandha came with his army, another 23 Akshavini soldiers and he is ready to attack Mathura. So Krishna considered that so many times these demons are attacking Mathura and it's not safe for the Mathura resident to remain here. So Krishna made arrangement to create an island in the middle of the ocean, Krishna told the ocean god Samudrade that you create an island for me. So he immediately created an island. Krishna called uh, Vishakarma. You build a magnificent city here. So Vishakarma built the city. And overnight all the residents of Mathura were in their sleep, they were transferred to Dwarka. So in the morning when they woke up they found themselves in uh, a strange place and there were these beautiful palaces. And then when they came out they found that each house has a nameplate of whose house it was. (laughs) And mind you, uh, there are so many cities and so many families, each one had a palace. So, Krishna already transferred all the residents of Mathura to Dwarka, new city. And here also Krishna, when he came in front of Jarasandha, He made him feel that that Krishna was running away from the battlefield. That's why Krishna's name is Ranchor. Run means battle, Chor means ran away. One who left the battlefield and ran away. It's a disgrace for a Kshatriya to run away from the battlefield. But Krishna, he doesn't care. (laughs) Rather, in his eyes all his gestures become the source of joy for them. So then, uh, Jarasandha Krishna went in front of Jarasandha and then he ran away. And Jarasandha and his army chasing Krishna uh, and Krishna then went into a mountain. So Jarasandha thought that. Now he is hiding in the mountain. Okay. So then he, his men came Searching for Krishna and couldn't find Krishna. So Jarasandha suggested let the whole mountain in fire, set the fire. So the whole mountain was set into fire. And Krishna and Balaram climbed on top of the mountain and then they jumped from there onto the ocean and then they swam to Dwarka. So this is how. Capital was shifted from Mathura to Okay, does anybody have any question? So, um, you, you mentioned how you mentioned how when Krishna killed the elephant, the mad elephant outside of the gate, he used his own tusk to beat him to death. Does it hurt when Krishna hits you? Like, isn't it? It, it depends whether you're a demon or a devotee. was <laughs> very quick death this <laughs> one had to. You won't feel any pain, even if Krishna hits you. Because you're a devotee. <laughs> like. But yeah, demons do feel pain. You know, one doesn't die like that death pain is felt. Actually when someone dies an inappropriate or rather untimely death, you see that death is very painful because the soul is fully into the body but you know like if the pain becomes too acute, no at the, the pain, when the pain becomes too acute, then the soul cannot stay in that body anymore. So he lives. Hmm. Uh, what was the spirit behind Muchukunda in your dream? You Muchukunda? Eh? Yeah, who was Muchukunda's body? Muchukunda was a king in the Ikshaku dynasty. Yeah. He was the son of Mandhata. Long time ago, there was a king called Mandata and his son was Muchukunda and those kings used to rule over the entire earth planet. Muchukunda was the king of the entire earth planet and the demigods, he was such a powerful person that the demigods sought his help while the demons attacked him. Uh-huh. He became very tired of it. Uh-huh. And then how he went If sleep. If Bhuchakunda was asleep for such a long time, wouldn't he have been taller and bigger? Than yeah. Uh, well, muchukunda fought for the demigods. He didn't go to Brahma Loka, like Revati. <laughs> So, that probably didn't take so long because if he was so big uh, then collegevan uh, couldn't mistake him to be Krishna uh, his size may have been Krishna's size okay any other question yeah residents of Nothing remains empty. The others got a chance. Oh, Mathura is such a holy city. Now Mathura is empty, so let's go and settle down there.